I've loved this um, series on doing the Beatitudes. I've loved taking time just to think about it, to study it, um, to just let it kind of really invade my whole thinking and to almost like align myself with it and think, am I putting this into practice? So to be, for me to be able to, to take um, this time today to talk about blessed are the merciful, again, I've, I've loved looking at it. And the more I've looked at the mercy of God, the mercy of Jesus, I just think, wow, what a saviour. What a God we have, that he would invite us to receive his mercy. But I wonder what comes to mind when you think of the word mercy um, or being merciful. And I wonder how many of us have experienced that moment where you're having to beg for mercy. Now, I know there was times growing up, maybe for me it was just the fact of growing up with brothers. But where, and most of my friends were boys for a while as well. Um, Do you remember the whole Chinese burn thing? (laughs) Where you would do that on people and you would make them beg for mercy. And if it was being done to you, you would be like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to, I'm not, mercy. Okay, I give in. And you, you give in. That's not the mercy, I believe, that God's wanting us to look at this morning. That whole thing of demonstrating your power over someone and making them beg for mercy. That's not the kind of mercy Jesus is longing to show us, is longing for us to receive and for us to show others. Um, William Barclay, a Scottish author and theologian, he puts it this way. He says, mercy lodges in the heart, but expresses itself in the hand. I love that. That's a mercy that doesn't just say, oh, bless you. It does something about it. It lodges itself in your heart and you can't help but express mercy. That's the mercy that Jesus shows us. That's the mercy that God shows us. And that's really what I'm wanting to to unpack this morning for us to explore together. Um, Now, my group, I think you've already gone over to the table. Can I have your attention a minute? the dazzling disciples, whoever's in here. Um, I want you to kind of, I know you've kind of started doing little bits and bobs already. Listen initially, all right, to what I'm saying. And then at one point, I will let you know what you've got to do. Okay, but you see, so you need to be listening initially, just like we would if we were out in the, in the group together. Got it? Fab. Um, so why is being merciful A mark of those who have been with Jesus. Over and over we hear in the Gospels, people cry as Jesus approached them. Or if they themselves were approaching Jesus, you would hear them cry, Jesus, have mercy upon me. Now, it kind of makes you think, what did they notice about him that would make them cry that? I don't think it was just the fact that they'd seen him do things and they'd thought, well, I would like a bit of that. 
There was something about him. Yes, he was a holy man. But there was something about him because the Pharisees were also holy. You know, they did all the stuff. But yet we don't read of people saying, as the Pharisees approached, oh, have mercy upon me. So what was it about Jesus that got their attention? And then as more of Jesus is in us, what will people see that will make them think of mercy? They wanted mercy to notice them. You know, when people cried out, they wanted mercy himself, Jesus, to notice them. You know, mercy really matters to God. It is big on his agenda. I love the verse in Micah 6, where God talks about mercy. When you've got this, it's almost like a court case that's going on. And, you know, God's speaking to Micah and... um, He's sort of saying, you know, this is what you Israelites have been doing. This is how you've been living. And there's this point where it's almost as if, you know, the Israelites are saying to him, what do you want of us, God? What do you want us to do? Do you want us to keep making sacrifices? How can we please you? And what he says is, the Lord has told you what is good and what he requires of you. To do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. That's what God longs for us to do. This is what Jesus came to show us to do. To love mercy. To do what is right and to walk humbly with God. Mercy is this passionate undeserved loyalty it's it's like a a defining quality in God in his holy character it was unlike any of the other gods around you know they were unrelational yet God is the God who is compassionate he's full of mercy and he wants his people to act in the same way towards others When Jesus called Matthew to follow him, he called a tax collector. A man who would have been loathed by his fellow men, despised. It's highly likely that Matthew would have been very dishonest. And highly unlikely that he would have been greedy and unmerciful to those who couldn't pay their taxes. We certainly don't read of tax collectors saying, oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, I'll let you off this week. But, you know, just try try harder for next week. You know, they were typically unmerciful. And yet Jesus called Matthew to come and follow him. And he didn't just call Matthew to follow him, but he then went and had dinner at Matthew's house with Matthew's friends who were also undesirables. They were tax collectors themselves. They were, they were probably prostitutes there. There were people that the Pharisees thought Jesus really shouldn't hang out with. 
In fact, they said to him, said to his disciples, why does your teacher hang out with such scum? That was what they thought of the people that Jesus was reaching out to. Scum. Why does he hang out with them? But Jesus said to them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. Mercy matters to God. And then further on in Matthew, Matthew 23, we read where Jesus has one of his showdowns with the Pharisees and he says to them, what sorrow awaits you, you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, for you're careful to tithe even the tiniest amounts from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law. Justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes. But do not neglect the more important things. The things that really matter to God, like showing mercy. And it just made me think, how often do I let the silly little things, those silly little niggles, those things that I see people doing and I think, oh, that's not right. And I allow it to stop me from showing them mercy. It could be very easy, can't it, to read about these Pharisees and think, oh, gosh, they were shockers. And then you take a moment just to reflect on maybe how you've handled something during the week. And you think, mm, could have done that a little bit better, could have shown some mercy there. Pharisees were so intent, they were so focused on keeping the law and doing it right that they completely missed the point of showing mercy. That mercy that, as we said at the beginning, lodges itself in the heart but expresses itself in the hand. Jesus, he shows us that the God of the kingdom of God is the father of mercy. When Jesus as I said, when he looked at Matthew, when he called him, when he looked at the um, friends of Matthew, he didn't just see who they were in the now, but mercy sees beyond that. Mercy sees the potential. Mercy sees the redeemed. Mercy sees what the person can be like when they receive the mercy of God and how it changes us. Jesus is himself merciful. And when we hang out with him, we cannot help but get caught up in his mercy. You know, we, a few weeks back we were talking about the whole thing of discipleship and being with Jesus to become like Jesus, to do the things he did. When we sit with Jesus when we look at his mercy, when we receive his mercy, we can give mercy back. We can become like him. So this mercy is a gift. 
when I look and hear the teachings of Jesus, I see that mercy, and we, we, um, John mentioned this this morning as um, part, of his, part of our worship, we see that mercy is not giving someone what they deserve. It's giving someone what they do not deserve. The character of God, the very fact that he's holy and pure demands that our sin be punished, that this sin be annihilated. He cannot just overlook it. Holiness recoils from all that is not holy. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ, to be the offering for our sin, that we would be made right with God. Wow. That we would be made right with God. He himself became the offering. He himself took on our sin. That's not what we deserved. But we got given mercy. It's a gift. Being merciful, it doesn't ignore the gravity of sin. Sin matters. The cross said sin matters. But God's mercy is a gift of mercy. Um, Right, dazzlers. Quick little break here. We have here a B attitude. And so what they're going to do, what you guys are going to do, is you're going to make one of these, okay, and there's going to be some chocolates going to go inside it. This is not for you, all right? This is for you to take home with you and to, during the week... Ask God to show you who he wants you to show some mercy to. Who, does, who will you see that just needs a little bit of kindness shown to them? And I want you to give it to them. And if they say, why are you giving me a B? Because we need to be merciful. Okay. So yes, so God himself took upon himself our sin. Jesus himself, representing the whole of the human race, drank fully the cup of God's wrath so that we wouldn't have to. The holy God does not give you or me what we deserve. Being merciful simply means not giving people what they justly deserve. And this mercy, it cancels debts. We've been forgiven a debt that we could never have paid, ever. We owe a horrendous debt. And if it wasn't for Jesus, this debt would get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. There would be no way we could ever cancel it out on our own. But Jesus, he pays our debt. Now that's mercy. Isaiah 55, 7 says, 
Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy upon them. Yes, turn to our God for he will forgive generously. I love that. And mercy is kindness to those in need. I love the story of the Good Samaritan. So I won't read it because of time, and I'm sure we all, all know that story, but it's such an amazing um, description of, of mercy, of how mercy extends kindness to the needy, regardless of the reason for the need. The merciful, they simply see the need and look for ways to bring help. The merciful, they don't look to see if the person deserves to be helped. They just do it. There's no critical judgment that takes place before the making of the decision of mercy. It's just extended. And when we read in that story of the Good Samaritan that, that Jesus told, you, kind, you, you read of the, um, the Pharisee going past and the teacher of the law, whatever his position was, they should have shown mercy. They knew that God was a merciful God. They'd read it. They'd probably quoted it so many times to different people. They knew that. And yet... They just looked and walked by. Maybe they thought, well, he probably brought it on himself. He shouldn't have been walking down that road on his own anyway. Oh, I don't really like the look of him anyway. Actually, there might be a bit of a risk to myself. If I stop here, he got robbed, beaten up. They could be waiting for me. Whatever their reasons, they just walked by. And then the Samaritan comes. He walks the same path. He sees the same man. It's the same situation. And yet he, sh- he chose to show mercy. He chose to take the risk. He probably thought, hmm, a little bit dangerous here. But this man, he needs mercy. He needs caring for. And he didn't just kind of do a little patch-up job and then leave him there and say, you'll be all right now, mate. Just be okay. Somebody else will be along soon. He picked him up. He took him. He spent his money on him. He put him in an inn. He made sure that this man got better. What a beautiful description of mercy. We don't know why that man had got himself into that position. Jesus never never gave us that. Just that we need to be showing mercy. And it's that a lovely illustration of how Jesus himself shows us mercy. How he comes and he sees us in the mess that we're in. And he says, I've got mercy for you. I've got mercy for you. Mercy shows kindness. 
you know, Jesus took amazing risks to his reputation, didn't he, by showing mercy and just healing on the Sabbath and hanging out with dodgy people. Big risk to his, to his reputation as a holy man. But yet he saw these people and his heart was filled with compassion and mercy for them. Are we ready to take risks in order to show mercy? Am I? Are you? To show mercy regardless of what other people might think? We have a a girl who often comes to our door. Um, She's a drug addict. And she comes because she has a need. And there have been times when she's come to the door and I have not been merciful. It's been an inconvenient time. Or I know that if I get into a conversation with her, it could be very weird and go on for a very long time. And so I just want her to go as quickly as possible. But then there's been other times when she's come to the door and I have responded in the right way and times when I've been able to pray with her. And you get people walking past and you know, because she's quite well known, you know that they're walking past thinking, "Mm, she shouldn't be talking to her. Don't you know she's a drug addict? And they make that judgment. But Jesus would show her mercy. So what does Jesus mean by shall be shown mercy? Um, Do only those who show mercy get mercy? Is it only if we do it that we're shown mercy? Because there's also that verse in Matthew 6, 14 to 15. It says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. And I've often kind of wrestled with that a little bit and thought, I don't really know that I quite understand that. Because there might be opportunities when I don't forgive someone. Does that mean that God won't ever forgive me? When we read the Old Testament or we read the Gospels, read the Bible as a whole, we see that God's mercy comes first. He first shows us mercy. It breaks into our lives. It cancels our debt, takes the punishment that we deserve, enabling us to know and express mercy. He shows us what mercy is, and then tells us to go and do likewise. But why is it so important that we forgive others? What's the big deal about it? Can't you just kind of think, well, it's in the past, just forget about it. Unforgiveness or mercy withheld will ruin us. It will bind us. It will bring us to the place where we want people 
to be judged or punished for what they've done. It's like saying, yes, Jesus, I want you to take my punishment, but I want that person to suffer for what they've done. And I think when we live in that way, we've not really understood the mercy of God. We've not really understood the offence of our own sin before God when we still demand that somebody be punished for what they've done. Forgiving someone and showing them mercy when they don't deserve it, it brings a beautiful freedom. It reflects how God has shown us mercy. Cancelled a far bigger debt. And not given us what we deserved. When I'm refusing mercy for another, I am not grasping what I'm asking for myself. And I've lost touch with who I am before God. I love this quote from Daryl Johnson. And you can see, as I read this, you can see where, going through the Beatitudes, how they build upon each other. The merciful, whom Jesus blesses, are also poor in spirit. They know their own spiritual poverty and need for mercy. The merciful whom Jesus blesses are also those who mourn. They know their own brokenness and twistedness and they grieve. They grieve over their own sin. The merciful whom Jesus blesses are also meek. They know they have no other hope in life but the mercy of God. The merciful whom Jesus blesses are also those who hunger and thirst for right relatedness. They know they have not arrived, but crave to be all that God wants them to be. You know, it's, It's in the moments when we feel we just cannot extend mercy. Those moments when the pain is so great, and I've been there. Or the offence so horrific. When we've been so violated or so hurt. It's in those moments that we are most in need of mercy. It's at that moment that we echo the cry that we hear in, throughout the Gospels of, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy on me. I can't do this. I just can't extend mercy to that situation. It's too hard. But Lord, have mercy on me and help me to extend mercy. 
And the incredible thing is that Jesus hears that cry. And he comes to us and he empowers us and he enables us to do for, do for others what he's done for us. He enables us. It's not just a matter of the will. Okay, I, I'm choosing to do it. I will forgive. There's times when we have to say, God, help me. Show me mercy. Show me. Reveal to me the depths and the power of your mercy that I can extend it in that situation. And he does it. He's so faithful. He's such a beautiful saviour. When we just lean in and say, help me. Help me to show mercy, to be one who is merciful to be one who is like you. You know, it's only as I've really spent time in the Beatitudes that I've seen how they build on one another. That it's not a pick and choose. You know, for years, I was saying to Carol the other day, I don't know why, you know, I've kind of grown up in the church, you've heard all these teachings over the years, And yet, when it came to the Beatitudes, there was still a part of me that thought, well, you just look down the list. Oh, yeah, I'm like that one. Oh, I like, yeah, I like, oh, I like the, yeah, I like the the righteous one. Yeah, I like that. I like that one. I'm going to be that person. It's like, no. They all build. They all form the shape of who God wants us to be, of who Jesus wants us to be. When he wants us to be like him. When you really read the Beatitudes, you see Jesus everywhere. It is Jesus. It's how he lived his life. And when we lean into that, we too can become like that. We crave it. As Pete was talking last week about craving for righteousness. Longing for it. God, I want to live in right relationship with you with myself, with who you've created me to be, with the identity that you've given me. I want to live in that right relationship. I want to live in right relationship with the people around me. Showing love, showing kindness, showing mercy. I want to live in right relationship with your creation. These are attitudes that God wants his people to have, to live by and with. They show that the kingdom of God, the gospel of good news, has broken into our lives. When we're living like that, when we are that beatitude person. Blessed are those who practice mercy, who do not give those who sin against them, what they deserve, but instead give them what they do not deserve, kindness and pardon, for they will be shown mercy upon mercy. And I just want to finish by just asking you this question as, as we've listened to 
the Beatitudes so far as we continue to explore them. How might my life be shaped if I see myself as a student of a loving, wise, merciful and faithful teacher? If I really sit myself under his teaching, if I really just soak it in, just keep saying, Lord, I lean in. I lean in. What shape will we become? What shape will we become as a church? How will we be known out in the community? Oh, yeah, well, those people, oh, they are so kind, so merciful, so loving. And they don't judge, they're not critical. And there's such a humility about them. And they just love God. They crave to live in right relationship. Wouldn't it be great if that's how we were known as a church and as individuals? What shape will you take on as you sit in this teaching, as you sit with the Beatitudes, letting it wash over you? Can I just pray? Um, I think it would just be really good as well, going back to the picture that, that Heather brought and just thinking about the, the mercy that God has for each of us. And maybe there are situations, as um, Pete mentioned earlier, that you're really just thinking, God, I, I really need you to help me show mercy in this. Because there's still a part of me that just wants that person to be punished. You know, if that's you, just as I pray for us now, make that decision in your heart to say, God, I'm going to lean in. And maybe as an intentional leaning, you just want to stand or you want to stay where you are. But sometimes I think to actually make that declaration, yep, I'm leaning in. I've not got it all. I'm going to lean in. I'm going to make a declaration. I'm going to stand or I'm going to kneel. However you want to do it. Father, I thank you that you are the God who is merciful. I thank you for how you didn't just walk by when you saw us. You didn't just look at us and think, well, I'm just going to leave them where they are. But Lord, you saw us and you said, come follow me. Come follow me. I'm going to show you my mercy. I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to renew you. And Lord, I just want to respond. Father, there's people here. We just want to respond to you and say, I am leaning in. I am choosing to push into this teaching. I want to be 
this beatitude person. I want to be like Jesus. Help me, Lord, to show mercy. Even when I think people don't deserve it. To not be critical. But to show mercy just as you have shown mercy. Because Lord, when you say that we are to love you with all our heart and to love our neighbour as ourselves, Lord, we cannot withhold mercy. Lord, we choose you this morning. We thank you for your forgiveness. Holy Spirit, even now, would you just be working in people's hearts, releasing them where they need to be released from either forgiving themselves or for forgiving others? Would you come and set people free? Touch people's hearts, I pray. We thank you, Jesus.